Welcome to Dub Nation, your hub for everything Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. I am Jerem Jordan alongside someone who is as adept as a broadcaster as Cliven Lobster is with the ball in hand. It is Ashley Birch. What's up, Ashley? What is up, Dub Nation? It's been a while. I'm excited to be back. And you are as good as Cliven is with the ball. He had a, a highlight that went out on World Rugby where he, uh, you know, it was quite good. I'm not going to um, try to live up to that standard today, but I'm going to do my best. Ashley, the former yeah. USA Eagle, now leading the uh, Junior Warriors, which, by the way, let's talk about the Junior Warriors. That's happening. It's like Junior Jazz, but with rugby. Yeah, I'm super thrilled about it. You know, it's just it's really exciting to work for this organization full time. And, um, you know, we've got some really big ideas on how to grow rugby, not just in Utah, but in the entire country. And we're really going to be at the forefront of it. So it's going to be great. That's awesome. I look forward to seeing how it grows. It's going to be a great chance for young kids in the area to uh, get involved. Okay, we're live on the Utah Warriors Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube account. Subscribe to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. If you have a comment, fire away. We'll try and get to some of those. We, uh, we do have an awesome show for you. Here's the rundown. The 2022 Major League Rugby schedule is out, baby. We'll lay it out for you. Who are the Warriors playing? When are they playing? When does it start? When are the Warriors going to win the MLR? We'll all talk about it. The commissioner, George Kilbert, joins the show. Oh, we got the commish. Let's go. The selects beat the All-Marines team. Season finale coming up Saturday. And Logan Tungle called up to USA Rugby 7s. Congratulations, Logan. We'll talk about it a little more coming up. Okay, let's lay out the schedule. You're five of the club, Ashley. Very exciting. 16 games in 18 weeks. We've been used to that the last couple of years. Yeah. Bye weeks on, uh, you know, two bye weeks, February 26th and the 8th. The season starts February 6th. Season opener at San Diego. Ma'anona, what's up? And then June 4th, regular season finale at Dallas, the newest club, the 13th in Major League Rugby. It's going to be a fun season filled with challenges, highs, lows, and everything in between. Yeah, it's going to be tough. You know, the first three games on the road, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into it a little more later, but, you know, that's uh, tough to start out without, especially that, you know, Warriors Nation Stadium fan base, whatever, but it is going to be way too cold to be playing rugby in Utah in February. <laughs> but I am so excited, you know, for the MLR in general, the growth in this preseason and just really, you know, looking forward to see what every team has to offer. I think it's going to be a whole different year, and I'm really pumped about it. Let's walk through the schedule. So the season starts on the 6th at San Diego, as I mentioned. Then just four days later, uh, Utah plays at Seattle and then on the 19th at Austin. So like you said, the first three games on the road in February. I think we're all okay with this, right? Because playing rugby in Utah in February, it's just too cold. So yeah. I think it'll be good to just get out on the road for a couple Yep, that's true. We don't want to be shoveling snow, you know, for some California and San Diego Legion players to come over and play rugby in Utah. <laughs> we'll go to the beach. Yes, first home game, March 5th against Dallas. That'll be fun to welcome in the Jackals for the first mm -hmm. time uh, on March 5th. At L.A., who defeated Utah in the semifinals, won the MLR on the 13th. Um, last time L.A. came to, uh, came to Zions Bank, although this will be later in the season, Utah did win. I know L.A. rested some guys, but Utah won. Um, on the 19th of March, Toronto in the house, who was used to just playing on the road. They were the real MVPs of last season, going to Atlanta and just playing all season there. Houston at home on the 26th. San Diego on April 1st. So three in a row at home. And then at Old Glory, D.C., first time that Utah will have been in D.C. Um, Seattle Seawolves at New England, home to Rugby ATL. That was a, a great game that Utah lost last year, but a fun game. At Houston, Austin at home, L.A. at home. 
in the home finale. And then June 4th, the regular season ends for the Warriors at Dallas. What do you think of how this schedule shapes up? You know, it brings its challenges, but um, it makes sense for a lot of reasons. You know, like we said, the early winter, I think the bye week fits in well there after the first three games, give the guys a rest, and then really, you know, take the time to just hype up for that very first home game match, you know, five-year anniversary. I think that's going to be a really exciting game, and it'll give some time for us to feel out what the season's looking like. What are these teams looking like? You know, whereas you start your first – home game you've got really no idea kind of what everyone's bringing so you know getting a couple weeks in get a good feel of it Warriors come home and then you know head to play LA and I just think that's a really great time frame that you know fourth fifth game for the Utah Warriors and then just feel out the rest of the season so everybody knows we're just a couple weeks out from the roster release uh, mm-hmm. which will be really exciting I'm very excited about this roster we'll roll that out in a couple weeks a couple of notes about the schedule Utah of course plays all six Western Conference teams twice Plus four other games. So those four others are Toronto home, D.C. on the road, New England on the road, and Rugby ATL at home. So Utah isn't playing Rooney or NOLA, at least in the regular season. Hopefully uh, in the playoffs, right? Maybe in the MLR championship game is what I'm getting at. The playoff situation has also changed. Last year was two teams go straight into the conference finals. This year they did what we were hoping for and talked about, which is the top seed gets a bye and will host the winner of the 2-3 seed playing a semifinal into the conference championship. I really like that. Yep. So then the conference championships will be the 18th and 19th. The championship will be either June 25th or 26th. What do you think of this? So. I mean, I just think that helps with the growth of rugby in America. It just builds some hype. It makes it a little bit more, not necessarily credible is not the word I'm going for, but just like, you know, other things that we're used to where, you know, I just think it's going to be really exciting to see this all play out. And, um, you know, I just think that as the league grows, as these teams get better, as we fill more teams with Dallas this year, we're going to get into a groove of this championship format. And I'm just really happy that it's here this year. I think this 2022 is going to be a great MLR season. I think it's great because in both leagues, of course, the West has seven teams, so almost this, but three of the six in the East, half the teams get into the playoffs. That's generally how it works in the NFL and the NBA. So I I think this is great. Of course, George Killebrew comes from experience with the Dallas Mavericks. He's used to this. I'm glad that they expanded. I think it's the right move. And it'll make it really fun because if you were in third place last year, you were left out. This year, you're in the playoffs. So that'll be a ton of fun. So that is the schedule. It's been out for a couple of days, but uh, very excited about the season. And uh, it's coming up in March. That's just around the corner. Like, it's November 17th. We'll get through the holidays. All of a sudden, the internationals will show up, and boom, the season will be here before you know. Yep, time has been flying, and this is going to be no different. You know, we're just going to start the hype now. We're going to blink, and it's going to be here. So, Okay, and get your season tickets as well, right? Yep, absolutely. 2022 season tickets are for sale. If we haven't got you excited enough, I don't know what else we can do. You don't want to miss it. So, you know, you can call the number right there on the screen, 801-477-7652. 2022 season tickets, they are all up on the Warriors website, and you want to get them before they are gone because we did sell out last year, you know, one game, and we're going to push to do it all season long. So, it's the most exciting rugby in the league, I dare say. Maybe LA feels otherwise, but in our biased opinions, uh, the way that Utah plays is very exciting. Absolutely. All right, let's bring in today's guest. It's a special day when we can get the commissioner of the league. His name is George Killebrew. He, is, he has led this league into uh, you know a fifth season here in the anniversary uh, of the Warriors being one of the OGs. George, great to have you on the show. Thanks for taking a few minutes today. 
Well, it's great to be with you guys. Just listening to your intro, I'm so fired up. I want to start tomorrow after listening <laughs> to Jerem. But well, we, we do have a, a bit of time to wait, but very happy to be here. And it's great to have you here. Thanks for taking a few minutes. What went into this schedule? Because it's certainly unique in terms of the timing, and you've added a 13th team in Dallas, which is uh, where you've been for a long time. It's great to have the Jackals in the league. Yeah, it's great to, you know, to expand. You know, this league started with seven teams, grew to nine teams. We played with 12 teams last year, and we'll play with 13 teams this year. Uh, an odd number is not ideal for scheduling purposes, just so you know. But uh, I'm glad you like the new format where three teams from each of the conferences will get in. Um, I, I think that's going to be great. I think it keeps everybody's head in the game. And if you remember, as we got towards the end of last year, uh, in both conferences, there were a lot of teams that were still in the running. So fired up for that. Obviously, we're starting a bit earlier than we did last year. We uh, pushed it you know, back a little bit last year for COVID purposes, but we're back to kind of what we did two years ago. Uh, so in your case, in Utah, you'll start on the road because we don't want to play in the snow. Uh, but, you know, great looking schedule. Really excited that we've introduced a 13 team and really can't wait to get after it. That's great. Um, so, you know, speaking about that weather and Utah being on the road for the first three games, how did you come about deciding that three was, you know, the right number for the amount of road games for Utah to start the season? Well, I'm not going to kid you. Scheduling um, is really a computer type of exercise. So you put all the information you have into the computer, the dates that are available, and it kind of spits this out for you based upon venue availability, you know, trying to not, you know, play in the cold weather, weather cities early on. And, and that's kind of what you get um, there. So there's not a lot of kind of personal touch to it. It's really, you know, the team's putting in venue availability and then we spit out a schedule. I'm just glad it wasn't like Toronto had a couple years ago, eight on the road and then eight. Of <laughs> they well, certainly you know, have a unique situation. That's a great point because, you know, in Utah, you guys do a great job on the commercial side. And season ticket holders want some cadence in the schedule. Cadence meaning, you know, maybe you have a home game and then you go away and you have a home game and then you go away a couple times. And, you, and that's really important because um, – no one wants to come eight times in a row and then be off for eight. So cadence is something we've worked very hard on. Uh, the new format with uh, an extra team making the playoffs or two teams has helped us there, but really trying to cater to the commercial side of this business to make it easy for people to buy season tickets because it's not necessarily every week. It's, you know, a game and then off a couple, et cetera. Let's talk about those playoffs. Um, as you mentioned, the expansion, what went into the decision to expand? Because there's probably a number that's too many teams in the playoffs and there's probably a number that's too few. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in expansion in general, we, we look for teams that um, have a great venue, have a great management in place. Um, and, and ironically, Dallas, it, for those that have paid attention, was an original 17. They just haven't played until this upcoming season. So that's what we look for in expansion. We look for cities that we feel like we're going to be successful in, that have a great venue you know, to operate out of, that have a great management team to make sure we take care of the business side of rugby. Um, and so those are kind of some of the, the things we look at when we talk about expansion. Um, so the Sports Business Journal had mentioned that you said that there are two potential ownership groups eyeing entry into the league come 2023. How quickly does the league want to grow and make sure that, you know, they can not just grow uncontrollably, but sustain that? 
Yeah, at this point in our life cycle with 13 franchises, we want to make sure that the next, the 14th um, is going to be great and, and can check a lot of these boxes that we talked about. You know, obviously we want them very well capitalized. We want great facilities. We want great people in the organization like yourselves that are making decisions, you know, that, that, that understand sports business. So it's not about necessarily um, putting a number to it that we want, oh, I don't know, one or two a year. But if you think about it a bit, you know, we're bidding on some World Cups coming up in the United States, you know, maybe the reality is 2031 for us. Let's just, for the sake of this discussion, say that the United States is awarded the 2031 World Cup. If Major League Rugby is able to add one or two franchises a year on this 10-way, 10-year runway to the World Cup, I mean, that could be a 25-team league, a 35-team league, and that, that's what really gets exciting. But it's, it's really about the who, you know, who we're letting in and are they ready to go and are they going to be a great member of our league? And that's what we look at. And as Sports Business Journal talked about, we have two that we're under what's called an exclusive exclusive negotiating agreement with as they try to get all their ducks in a row to, to check all the boxes that we just discussed. And that's exciting because um, no domestic league with rugby had gone beyond one year. And so this league is now hitting five, which is just amazing. I did want to ask you, relative to the World Cup bids, what role the league has in this process, if any at all? Well, I think we have a, a really large presence in this process. Um, you know, we are in lockstep with USA Rugby. Um, their president and CEO, Ross Young, and I have a weekly call to catch up and make sure we're on the same page. And if you think about it, it's the inverse of what soccer went through in this country. So soccer brought their World Cup to the United States before there was a professional league in hopes that the professional league would be born. You know, we're, we're the invert of that. So let's just, for the sake of discussion, if it is 2031, you know, we, we will have a professional league already established that are in 25 of, you know, if we expand one or two teams per year, in 25 of the largest markets in this country, um, which will be the, the, you know, the seed to really when the World Cup games arrive, make sure that our stadiums are sold out and we put on a great game presentation and we make, you know, the United States proud by, ho by hosting the, the Rugby World Cup. And so it's a little bit inverted from soccer, um, but I really like where we sit, you know, today. Let's talk about uh, 2021. 99-0 uh, against COVID. I know that number's been thrown out a lot, which is great. A lot of leagues had different games canceled. None for Major League Rugby, right? Um what, what were some of the highlights of the year in your mind? You know, if you look at the year by the numbers, it was an extraordinary year. And that's hard for people to understand considering what we went through with COVID. So, you know, you brought up 99 and 0. I mean, that's a huge, you know, positive for this league. But that's a, a tribute to our medical director, our medical committee, to our coaches, to our GMs, and to our players that took our protocols very seriously and executed them. So it's, it's not good enough to have a good protocol if, if people are, are, you know, meandering off and violating it. We didn't do that. There are leagues that are way better capitalized than, than we are and more famous than we are that couldn't say the same thing, but we were able to do it. And that's a testament not to necessarily the league office, but to our, our players and the, and the people that were living it every day. You know, you look at the finals from Los Angeles. You know, we did a, a you know, we had two million households tune in. Uh, to Los Angeles and Atlanta in the finals live on CBS in primetime. That's a really proud moment for this league. Uh, that's a really big number. 
Um, and, you know, another one of those kind of things you look at when you look at numbers that that tells you it was a, a wonderful year. We started the rugby network from scratch. We started our own OTT network in the middle of a pandemic. Like what could go wrong? Right. Like I'll tell you what, everything could go wrong. And really not a lot went wrong. You know, we, we got it all in. Uh, we asked our, our, our partners at the Rugby Pass, uh, who we started this with, we said, what does success look like? And they said, you know, if you can get 25,000 subscribers in year one, you're doing kind of what we thought you would do. Um, we ended up getting to 25,000 um, at the midpoint of the season. And we ended the season at about 45,000. And we're currently right at 50,000. So we started our own OTT network by the numbers again. And, you know, we've had success there. We know it's the right thing. We know the demand is out there. People are getting on the rugby network. They're watching our games. They're also watching all of our shoulder content that we've been able to aggregate in this country. There were lots of rugby podcasts and shows that were kind of one-off everywhere. And we've given them a home on the rugby network and we've aggregated the eyeballs and it's working. So, you know, when you talk about numbers from last season, uh, we really, despite the, the challenges that a lot of our local teams had. You referenced, you know, Toronto in your intro, you know, that had to leave their country in order to get the competition in, had to relocate, you know, to Atlanta in order to, you know, be a part of the competition. So a lot of sacrifices um, by a lot of teams to get to where we are. But when you look at it from a number standpoint, I couldn't be more pleased. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that rugby network was huge for the season. That's something that here in America, we lack so much with the sport of rugby. And it's a reason why half our, you know, youth don't know what rugby is because they can't watch it. They don't see it. It's not readily available for them to watch. So to not only hear about it and, you know, that it's stirring up, you know, through through the sports pathway, but to be able to get on and watch now, I think that was a huge win for the MLR as well. Well, thanks, Ashley. That And I'll just add to that. Um, there's no cost. You know, a lot of, of these OTT networks, you have to pay X amount of dollars per month, you know, to, to experience, you know, their content. And it was great from the youth. And it was also great, you know, and an interesting kind of byproduct of the rugby network that I was not expecting is, you know, the international audience. And what kind of came back to us really through our players was that, you know, their mates that they played with all over the world th through the years, you know, kind of came to them and said, first of all, the, the, the level of competition in Major League Rugby has come a long way from year one. Um, the level of coaching has come a long way. Uh, the level of officiating has come a long way. And then, you know, how do I get there? You know, how do I, you know, become a player in that league? And we didn't really contemplate that when we formed the Rugby Network, but that was a byproduct of it. As, as the world is now watching and has a real ease of watching and can watch our matches in, in bits and pieces and see that shoulder content that I was referencing, and um, it's been a really, really positive thing for the image of Major League Rugby going into year five. We're talking with the commissioner of Major League Rugby, George Killebrew. Uh, the big money in sports typically is TV revenue. How far away are we from the league being able to, uh, you know, be paid for the product as opposed to pay for the product? Yeah, so, I mean, we've made a significant turn in that progress. So we're, we're no, no longer paying, you know, to be on. Uh, and we are being paid, um, not a, a sum that's worthy of a Sports Business Journal article, but we are being paid for our rights. Um, and that's a big deal. And, you know, talking about kind of how we ended the year, you know, with that big number on CBS, you know, people are taking notice of what we're doing. 
Um, they're, they're watching the rugby network because that's an asset that we own 100% of. So as we get down the line and we start talking to networks about our rights, whether it be linear or OTT, having that in your back pocket and growing that, you know, from maybe a 25 that we thought it was going to be in 25,000 and ending around 50,000 and then no telling what we actually do next year. That becomes an asset when, when you're asking for dollars from networks because they know you have that built in audience. That if they acquire your rights, you're not just coming as a, as a newcomer, you're coming with, you know, a real asset like the rugby network. And that's why that's important. What did you, um, what are you hoping to see in 2022 with the league, whether it be on the pitch or off to, as this game and this league continue to grow? You know, it, it's exactly that. It's a continue of the progression of growth. Um, and, you know, growth can be radical or it can be stair steps or what have you. But, you know, when you're an upstart league and a challenger league, that's what you look to do. You look to be a little bit better than you were the year before in, in all aspects. And, and, you know, that's, that's kind of what we talk about a lot uh, in the league office is about how we get a little bit better um, in all these aspects. And, you know, by adding teams and, and having, you know, a lot of interest, obviously, coming through the rugby network and through our numbers on CBS and then a wonderful partnership with Fox that we overlaid uh, over the CBS relationship last year as well. And, I mean, Fox thought enough of us is that they would take some of our games on FS2 and move them to FS1. Um, and that's significant because they didn't have to do that contractually. And that's a 20 million person household delta uh, when you move from FS2 to FS1. So it's those kind of things that shows growth and these cities that we're talking to about joining our league. I mean, those are all positive signs. And I have to tell you, I, I, in, my, in my career, I've never been involved with a professional sports league that wins the court of public opinion the way we do. When we post something socially, um, on any of our platforms, um, people are jumping in and saying, congrats, what else can we do? We're fired up for next year. We're going to buy tickets in this city. We're going to. Now, if you look at some of the more traditional leagues, you know, those 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 platforms are usually filled with 50 percent of negative comments. You know, you're not doing this and I'm upset about this and I don't like the way this is going. And we are in a really interesting period because everyone that's involved with us now for the most part are behind us and not against us. And that's very rare in sports. Um, and so we have to continue to harness that and then we have to grow that, right? Cause our universe isn't as big as some of the more traditional leagues. So if we can harness that positivity and still do the great things that we've been talking about, that'll just make this thing balloon out uh, at a much quicker rate uh, than before. And it's just, we're in an amazing love fest. I don't know if there's any other way to say it. And you probably see it there in Utah because you guys are such great operators and you fill your stadiums and your fans are devout and you're a good team and you won the most valuable player and the try of the year and the coach of the year. Who's an American coach, by the way. Um, so you're doing all the right things in Utah. So I imagine you're seeing that in your social media. People are just behind you. Now all we have to do is try to grow that exponentially. And then we're in a really powerful position. And with growth, too, we're going to get into it here soon with the, you know, the selects and stuff. But, you know, it's not even just the social positivity. I, I know for us here, it's the community engagement in general and growing these pathway programs. Um, you know, the MLR in general is creating pathway programs from youth into high school academies, into selects teams where, you know, homegrown Utah players and internationals have the ability to now come in 
you know, be in high performance environments. And that's something that's very rare to find for this sport. And that's growing the game as well and raising the level of the MLR as well, because now there is a consistent competition for your spot. And, um, you know, I just think that's really awesome as well. And so I think that's something here with the positivity, we're just seeing such a buy-in from the community. Well, actually you use the word and you use it twice and the word is community. Um, you know, we're all a part of communities. And once you're really ingrained in the DNA and the fabric of a community, you can't leave, right? Because now you're, you're part of that community and you're ingrained in that fabric. And that's what we need to do because we know everyone's out there. You have to bring them into our family, treat them like family. And then the quid pro quo, of course, is that they have to attend and they have to watch and they have to, you know, do the things we need from our fans to grow this game. And, um, and you know, I think Utah is at the top of the list or close to the top of the list of our teams that really understand that, you know, because once you harness that, it becomes very powerful. Think about communities in your life, whether it's your family, your church, or what have you, like you don't leave those, right? And so the more we do to take Warriors fans and get them ingrained, and it's it's kind of, you know, ride or die at that point, we're with you. And, and then winning and losing, believe it or not, isn't as important because you're in the community and through good times and bad times. We've seen that in sports. I've seen it in my career. We've been the worst. We've been the best. But as you're ingrained in that community, you're there in good times, bad times. And then we're going to ask that community to bring others into the community. So now, not just you and your family or whoever it is, but bring your neighbors or bring your your coworkers or what have you, and let's get them ingrained. And then that, that whole you know cadre becomes really powerful. Speaking of, have we had you out to a Utah Warriors game quite yet, George? I have not made it there. I, I mean, shame on me, right? Like, this year. Let's I, go. I, I, I kind of... Yeah. I, I check off a little bit the ones that are doing it really well that maybe don't need me as much and <laughs> go to places that maybe need me as much. But, um, you know, we, depending how it had gone uh, in, in the, the semis and everything, uh, there were some opportunities to come out. I, I've been to Salt Lake City many, many times in my life because we, we go down to Idaho as a family. Uh, so it's always a connect through Salt Lake City. So I always say like the Salt Lake City Airport uh, next to Dallas Fort Worth is the one that I visited the most. But that's not good enough. Can't wait to can't wait to come down. Watch you guys on Fox. Could not have been prouder that first FS2 game. You know the the stadium is beautiful and the sun is setting and the the stands are full and it's a competitive game. I mean, you guys played some amazing nail biters last year and it's like what from a commissioner seat it's like the dream franchise that you want all those things. Like we don't want blowouts and we don't want empty stadiums and we don't want a lot of things. But uh, the things you guys do well. Um, are really, you know, important to us and, and really proud of the work that's being done in Utah. Well, thank you. We can't wait to have you out for a game, hopefully here in 2022. We for appreciate sure. your time. Lots of exciting things going on. Uh, and we're just, you know, we're under three months away from the season. Hard to believe. Crazy. Okay, George, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks, Jerome. Thanks, Ashley. Okay, that's the Major League Rugby Commissioner, George Killebrew, joining us here on Dub Nation. Great stuff, Ashley, with Mish. We learned a lot. Yeah, it was really awesome to connect with him. You know, that's not something you get to do every day. So I was happy that he spent time out with us. And, you know, you can just, like, connect all the pieces here. And, and you know, that just shows how much everybody from the top to the bottom wants this league to grow. And, yeah, that was really great. I love that he – this was parent-teacher conference, and he's the teacher, and <laughs> the Warriors are the uh, – you know, the, the kid. And it was like, hey, you know what? Yeah. I don't have to worry about them. Because yep. they're doing <laughs> everything around. <laughs> We're just in the background like this. 
Yep, yep, yep. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was great. All right, uh, the selects, let's talk about them. Uh, they beat the Marines. Oh, the Marines never get beat. Well, in rugby. Uh, and Pathway 404. So a 52-26 win. Man of the match, eight-man David uh, Perez. Oh, by the way, Connor Burns, one of the draft picks, played fullback, who joined Dub Nation two weeks ago. That was a nice win. And then a 53-41 uh, win versus Pathway 404. A little revenge from last year in the selects. Uh, Sione Tana, Tawa Inataina is the man of the match as well. And a couple of wins after the initial loss. And then the last game is coming up Saturday. For the yeah, it's been it's been a good season for him. It's been a fun season for him. And you've got one more opportunity to watch. So get your, your seats for the Selects game. It's the season finale against Legacy Rugby Academy. And this is going to be a good one. General Manager Brandon Sparks helped found that academy out in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I've trained there myself. So I'm excited about this one. I'm fired up. It's the last chance these guys have to really, you know, solidify their resume into getting into the MLR. So it's going to be a good one, and you don't want to miss it. Yep, show up. It's going to be fun. I love it. Okay, uh, shout out to Logan Tongo, who got called up. He's warrior number 81. Uh, November 8th, former Washington State defensive lineman. USA 7's high-performance training camp. World 7 Series. Uh, next week in Dubai. So Tongo's going to spend Thanksgiving in Dubai. Uh, he started playing in the Warriors Touch Rugby League. Now he's going to play for the Sevens. Are you kidding me? For the U.S.? And, That's amazing. And lucky him. Best tournament ever. It's my only Sevens cap was Dubai. Going there is so incredible. I am so excited for him. I'm jealous. And I know that, you know, a lot of those guys are really excited to have him there. He fits in well with, you know, the culture they have and, um, you know, I just think he's going to be a really great fit and he is going to excel. And I'm super stoked to watch him play in Dubai. How's Dubai, by the way? Literally the coolest place I've ever been. <laughs> Not Why, even, what? I could have just, we've, because we were, we were sponsored by Fly Emirates at the time. So you get to fly business class there. I could have flown there and flown home and I would have been happy because that plane ride in business class on Fly Emirates was literally the talk of the town. It is so cool. He is going to love it. It is an incredible environment, experience all together. And, you know, your first time, it's it's special. So That's it's awesome. going to be great for him. I had a buddy go there one time and he said, it's Vegas on steroids. So there you go. It's, there is <laughs> helicopter Uber. You can Uber helicopter what? from building to building. So, yeah. Wow. And then I'm getting, I'm getting like Fast and the Furious vibes of jumping from building to building in a car maybe, but maybe not that much, but yeah, a helicopter. Okay. That's cool. All right. Road trip. Let's go. All right. A couple of news and notes before we end. Uh, there was a U18 match with San Diego Legion. Brandon Sparks uh, posted about it. I know Ryan Mattias, who had one of the tries for the Eagles against the All Blacks, uh, was helping coach that team. Pretty cool experience to have a U18 game between two MLR teams yeah it was fun i i coached the um, utah warriors academy there and we had about two and a half hours of preparation before this game there was a, a last minute <laughs> no seriously we had two practices and we had 17 new guys that had not been through the warriors academy yet that we called Whoa. coaches throughout the state and said who who do you have that's available and and you know looking for an opportunity and just connecting with Ryan after that and just like talking about the growth of the game and at this level, just this high performance environment at 16 to 18 years old that none of us had growing up playing rugby. It was really awesome to be a part of. And, you know, it just was a, a good opportunity for a lot of people to get a good look that they hadn't seen before. So I'm a big Ryan Mattias fan because he yeah, married Jordan cool. Mattias, formerly Jordan Gray. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, they're yeah. Great, great people. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Well, sweet. I'm stoked. Uh, schedule's out. Again, the roster's coming out in a couple of weeks. We talked to the commissioner, George Killebrew. This was this was a fun show. I know it's the offseason. I always say this, but like, there's always something going on right now. And we're going to watch Logan Tonga next week. We'll report on it in two weeks with Dub Nation. Uh, Ashley, you're doing great work with uh, you know the, yep. the Academy and, and Junior, uh, junior Warriors. Warriors registration is now up and live, too. So if you want to get your kids playing rugby, there is so much goodness in the works happening in Utah. And we are having a Junior Warriors clinic before every single home game this year. So last year it was only here and there. Every home game, there's a Junior Warriors clinics, 5 to 14. Sign your yeah, kids baby. Up. Is it still going to be 25 bucks? Nice and cheap? 30. 30 bucks, okay. Inflation. Inflation. Yes, and the tickets, the ticket prices had to go up because the Utah Warriors are something to come watch. So it is absolutely worth it. You know, this is my full-time gig now, so we've got – more people involved. It's a better environment. You got cool t-shirts, so it's worth it's worth the price. Thirty bucks is a killer deal. And Ashley Birch, full-time uh, employee. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, that'll do it for us. Like and share this episode of Dub Nation. Follow the Utah Warriors on social media. Good stuff in the offseason by our uh, social media team. They're awesome. Okay, for the commissioner George Killebrew, Billy the producer, uh, Ashley. I'm Jerem Jordan. Go Warriors. <laughs>